0: It was social as a part of it is to me, is just relating and having conversations with people. It's using the tools that are available to advance the sale and build relationships. But it's just, you know, as, as times change and as tools change and as terms change, this wonderful world called, word called social selling came to be. Mm-hmm. When in essence, sales has always been social and social has always been a part of selling.
1: Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Hey, so welcome
2: to Making Sales Social, I'm Bill
3: McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So, Bryn, who's our guest today? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this guest. Why? Because we have been friends for years on social, yet we have never even met in person. Um, but I feel so connected to my good friend Larry Levine. Hi, Larry.
0: Bryn, I was a I, 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 full confession. I have a social love affair with Bryn Tillman.
3: Yeah, you no, know, we we connect on so many levels, both philosophically, the way that we go to, to market, the our, the way that we think about relationships and authenticity. And so, you know, I, I don't even know how long we've gone back, but it has to be seven, eight years.
0: At, at least. At least. Yeah.
3: So, and and I just kept following you and Like when the first time we had a call, I was like totally fangirling. It was like, (laughs) I was so excited. But here's, here's what I love about everything you do, is not only is it entertaining and engaging, but I always walk away with at least one thing that impacts my sales. And just when I think I couldn't learn anything new, there's something new. And you know, so we had uh, your co-host, Daryl Amy, on our show. And I'm going to repeat what I said. If someone said to me, if you could only have one podcast to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be Selling from the Heart.
0: Oh, stop. but Thank you, you so much.
3: guys rock it. And the value and the guests that you have are unbelievable. So we are so fortunate to have you on Making Sales Social.
0: I'm just so happy to be here, but I I want, I I have to circle back to what you said, and by the way, what you just said means a lot to to myself. And I know it means a lot to Daryl about the podcast. It's just, we try to bring unique things to the forefront with new voices and new thoughts. And the aha moments that people grab from this is because we make it, we make it different. We Mm -hmm. want somebody to walk away from it goes, you know what? I learned something from it, as opposed as entertained by it, and I think there's a big difference when it comes to that.
3: Well, you bring both, and I think that's why it's so fabulous. I listen to. I, I try to walk, although I've been a little bad lately. But I try <laughs> to walk around the block and do two miles a day, which happens to be the same amount of time as a thirty-minute podcast.
0: Isn't that interesting?
3: Yeah, I'm like, okay, we're coming to the end. My like two miles is <laughs> yeah. up, right? So um, yeah, and 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 so, I mean, I can't wait to get from you, and I know Bill's ready with some some questions from you, so that we can also educate our uh, our audience with your insights. But um, if nothing else, if you guys drop off this right now and don't watch anything else, go subscribe to Selling from the Heart. Oh, uh, you're your awesome! Favorite podcast channel.
2: So so Larry, tell. You know, there's some people that are that are listening or watching that may have been under a rock and have not heard of selling from the heart. So, so talk a little bit about that. How you got involved in sales. And we and
3: didn't first. ask him our first question. <sighs>
2: no, because he's going to talk about himself first and then we're going to talk. Oh, well,
3: OK, first. good.
0: Is this is hey, is this my opportunity to brag?
3: Yes, it is brag.
0: Sure. but I, I no I don't I don't brag. But um, I spent 28 years in sales and I sold in a really commoditized sales channel. But what made me me is when I brought me to the forefront. And I say this with all sincerity is the way I stood out in a competitive landscape is I did things completely polar opposite than many in sales. I brought the soft skills to the forefront where many bring the hard skills to the forefront. That's how I connected and related to people and there's a lot of other things beneath the you know beneath the covers on you know my 28 years in sales, but if we fast forward to the big aha moment that I had. My big aha moment is being fired at 50 years old from a high paying corporate sales job and I had to figure out what do I do with myself. And it was through my near and dear friend, Daryl, and my lovely wife, Robin, that said, hey, you know, you got to share with the world what made you you and what made you stand out in sales. And, you know, it was a rocky first couple of years, I have to admit, right? I almost wanted to go back to chasing the paycheck. But what kept my foot on the gas pedal was both Daryl and my wife, Robin. They go, you know, you got a message and you need to deliver it. But our defining moment was starting the Selling from the Heart podcast when You know, I had to convince Daryl to do a podcast with me. And he goes, well, what are you going to call this podcast? And I said, selling from the heart. And he spits coffee out at me. And he goes, where the heck did you pull this one from? I said, Daryl, you've known me for a long time. I brought sincerity and substance in my heart to everything that I did. I wore my emotions on my sleeves. That's how I connect to people. That's how I relate to people. That's how I make people feel comfortable with me to share things about them we're going to bring this out to the forefront in sales. And in three and a half years, the podcast has done amazingly well. I wrote selling from the heart, not knowing that I'd sell five copies or 500 copies. And it's, we've created a worldwide movement in three and a half years around selling from the heart. And we've leveraged the power of social to help us get our message out there.
2: Fantastic. And, and, like Bryn, I listened when I was walking. I had some issues of blood pressure over the summer. Started walking and found you guys. She didn't even tell me about it. I just found it, and just fell in love with you guys and what and what you're doing. And so appreciate you and Daryl and what you bring to the table and what you do for sales professionals all around the world. So we start with one question. This may sound familiar to you. We ask all of our all of our guests what. And I almost said, what does selling from heart mean to you?
0: No, what well, is I see now that okay yeah. McCormick? Now that would have been funny if you yeah. laid that on me.
2: That would have been not good. I could be fired. <laughs> what does making sales social mean to you?
0: Uh, interesting. It's to me, it's it's always sales has always been social. It's always been ingrained in sales so you know i i've said numerous times i was i was using social and sales back in now oh, i'm going to date myself so back in the late 80s it was that's just what it was i didn't know it was social selling it was just we were selling it was social as a part of it is to me is just relating and having conversations with people it's using the tools that are available to advance the sale and build relationships but it's just, you know, as, as times change and as tools change and as terms change, this wonderful world called, word called social selling came to be. Mm-hmm. When in essence, sales has always been social and social has always been a part of selling. It's to me, it's leveraging all the tools you have available to build, grow and nurture relationships. That's what it means to me, but I think it's become convoluted over the years. It's become convoluted even over the more recent times, because if you asked if you asked five different people the term, you know, if you asked that question and you really squeezed it down and said, "What is social selling? You're gonna get five different, completely polar opposite answers.
3: And we do on a weekly basis. Yeah. 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 No
2: doubt. And often it, it's around you know, what you're doing to attract rather than the, than, than the end result, which is, you know, what we say is, is having more conversations, like that's what it's all about. And I know, you know, what you're saying is, is moving the conversation along, developing a relationship, being authentic, being genuine. But to so many, when you talk social selling, it's, well, I put something on LinkedIn and nothing happened, or I sent an email, I sent 5,000 emails, and only three people opened them up, and I didn't get, it. oh, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Uh, so that, you know, that's what, that's what we get a lot from people when they're, when they're talking about the meanings, but, but I like what, what you said. And so, so tell me, so you do sales training for, for companies, right? I mean, that's, that's what you're doing now. When you're talking with a company, you're talking to reps specifically, and you're talking about like the top of their pipeline, what are, what are some of the things you're telling them to do to, to bring people into the top of their pipeline?
0: I'm going to share something that you said, and I'm going to bring it right in and answer that question is you talked about conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I believe that where many salespeople struggle at is with conversational competence. Mm-hmm. How do I open up conversations? Cause I will ask salespeople now, I don't care if these salespeople are early on in their career or late in their career. The, I'll ask him this question. What's the hardest part of your job? What's the hardest thing that you do? What's the thing that you get the most uncomfortable in doing? And without a doubt, hands down, well past 80% of the time, most people say prospecting.
3: Getting on the first call.
0: Getting on the first call, doing, you know, the core essentials around sales. Mm-hmm. Well, I I look back on this and I said, okay, well, if that's the thing that you you struggle with the most, then I think you're going to struggle in sales, period, because in order to effectively prospect, you must effectively open up conversations with people.
3: Correct. And
0: that's the thing that people struggle with in sales because when we're, and I can't say all, but a vast majority of salespeople are in those sales conversation mode all the time with people. Mm -hmm. But guess what, if I'm out prospecting for new business or new opportunities, I don't know where it's going to go. All I look for is I must open up when I'm prospecting a conversation with Bill or Bryn. Mm -hmm. It's just how how am I going to go about doing it? Mm -hmm. And I think this is the thing that people struggle with the most. And and if you look at pipeline, since you had mentioned it, I'm really concerned because what most people are feeding in the top of their pipeline is not much.
3: I got a connection on LinkedIn. It's a lead. Right.
0: Exactly.
3: I like, no, so, so, not I, a lead.
0: so I remember. So can I can I take everyone back like this is like 2009, 2010, but there's a story behind pipeline and funnel around this. I knew back then it was hard and, and I did something and maybe I'm an anomaly, but there's certain things that are non-negotiable in my mind, it's still to this day as I'm growing our business is every single day, non-negotiable, you must open up new conversations and prospect.
3: Hundred
0: percent. And if you don't do that, then I say get out of sales and, and I'm being harsh about it, but part of being in sales is opening up new conversations every single day and filling your funnel. Mm-hmm. And so back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when this is when I really didn't know what social was all about in its simplistic format, is um, my largest client at the time told me, "Hey, you got to figure out what this is all about." Mm. And I go, "What are you talking about? I never even heard of this thing before. What what do you call it? Right? This LinkedIn.
3: is this it LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. And but but this was but this was the tail end of like two thousand so were late. I would and I was late to the party a little bit. Yeah. So January 2010 is when I joined and my client became my first connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, right then and right then and there, I started to see the power behind this. I reversed engineered this whole thing when it came to prospecting mm-hmm. is I just looked at as this as a one big conversation starter. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if people were hiding behind voicemail and people were hiding behind email and so forth. That I have just been given the keys to the kingdom to people that I have that have been blowing me off. Mm-hmm. So I this was the mentality that I took in starting conversations is I knew that if Bryn and Bill were blowing me off, in other words, they weren't responding my twenty five emails and the thousand voicemails that I'd left them. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I asked them to connect with meeting and I gave them a reason to invite them into my network, and if Bryn or Bill said yes. I was 50% there mentally Mm
2: -hmm. that
0: I was going to have a conversation with them. And it wasn't up to Bill or Bryn because at that point, Bill or Bryn doesn't really know me, doesn't even like me, doesn't even trust me. I just said something that caused them to accept a connection request on LinkedIn. The other half of this was the proactive way that I went about earning the right to have a conversation with Bryn and Bill. Mm -hmm. And it's that, it was that simple. Mm -hmm. But
3: is magic that to us is so important just because they connect does not allow you to pitch. You have to suck them in with value and build a relationship before you can ever ask for
2: something. But 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 even before that, what what he said, and and it was it was three words that I wrote down, I was like, Yes, that's it. Connect with meaning. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So not just, I'm going to connect with this person and this person and this person. But having an idea and connecting with meaning, in other words, and, and I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Larry, but but finding the right reason to connect with them and giving them a reason to accept that connection request.
3: In a way that matters to them, not just to us.
0: Right. And, 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 and the way I always, now maybe I looked at this completely different, but it, it was what I placed on myself. And I would say, hey, Larry, if I'm asking somebody to connect at whatever level they are in whatever marketplace, wherever they may be, am I worthy of having a conversation with? And that's the way I chose to look at this. So I carried myself all the time as, hey, you know what, if I ask Bryn or Bill and if I'm inviting them into my network, there's a reason why, obviously at some point in time, I'd like to I'd like to get to know them to a point where something happens. And me being a sales geek, we know what the end result of that would be. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, I earn the right to do business with them. Mm -hmm. But before that happens, I have to position myself as a professional. I got to act like a professional. I got to carry myself like a professional. And then when and then just because I'm a big believer perceptions reality.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And so now I have to go, Okay. so Bryn and Bill just got this invite, right? Who is this guy who just asked me to connect, right? He he used some really nice words and so forth. Now what? What's behind the curtain? And that's why I always still to this day, I always carry myself. Am I worthy of having a conversation with somebody?
3: Yeah, so do you, we, we often talk about um, sending value. Maybe you curated a piece of content that could be valuable for someone. Um, I mean, like, there's so many different ways to start conversations. What do you recommend that reps do? So now I connect with someone and I want to start a conversation. How do you get that ball rolling?
0: It's interesting. I, I'm a big believer. Um, I, so there's, there's a gentleman, I read his book. This goes back a long time ago. It just justified my thinking. It was just the right book I read at the right time at the right at place in my career. It's by uh, Kevin Davis and Bryn, you might know Kevin Davis.
3: I know who
0: he is, yeah. Yeah, and Kevin Davis wrote a book called Slow Down, Sell Faster. Mm
3: -hmm. Now,
0: I read that book right about the time I signed up for LinkedIn. So just to give you an idea, that book's probably 10 years, 9, 10 years old.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But it had some massive impact, and it justified my thinking. And obviously, by the title of the book, you're getting the gist of the book, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot more to it, but for time's sake. And I carried the philosophy around slow down so faster into social. And I said, if I can slow it down, can I connect faster? If I can slow it down, can I advance the conversation in a different way? So in other words, and I I will give I will literally give your listeners the verbiage I use because all I'm looking for is the next conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. So in, in, in the way that I was trained a long time ago in the sales channel that I grew up in is first in wins.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, it doesn't mean that you win and you get the sale, but sometimes first in may w- means that you set the tone for this, mm-hmm. the whole journey, right? You created this you created this stage that everybody else has to look up to. So Mm. I took that philosophy to how I connected with people. And I said, the first to start a conversation sets the stage. Mm. So when I ask somebody to connect or if they ask me to connect, it depends. Right. So if I ask Bill to connect and I'm going to give your listeners the exact verbiage I use 90 percent of the time is this, if Bill asks me to connect and I accept it, this is what goes back to Bill. Thank you, Bill, for asking me to connect on LinkedIn. I really appreciate it, it means a lot to me. I just wanna let you know that I'm here to be a resource to you somewhere along your journey. All the best, Larry, that's it. As simple as that is, that's what goes out to everybody who asks me to connect. Now, one of two things are going to happen next. They're either going to say something back or they're not, right? It's that simple. Right. right. I got a 50-50 shot at this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So Bill being Bill, Bill being a human, right? He's Bill's going to go, that was awful nice. Thank you. I appreciate you sending me that. Now, I'm putting words in Bill's mouth. But again, you're getting the idea. Mm-hmm. The person started a conversation back with me. It doesn't mean that he likes me, loves me, wants to do business with me, or even trust me. He just responded back to a pleasantry.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, from there, I can still advance the conversation or I can put a break on it. Now, I'm more than likely I put a break on it, but it's not a very long break. And then a couple days later, I might drop something in Bill's message center. Hey, Bill, you know what? I just ran across this article. I thought you'd enjoy it. You know what? Let me know what you think about it. That's
3: exactly what we say. And
0: nine times out of ten, he's going to say fine. And then from there, this is the line that I use. And I tell you what, the success on this is mind blowing. Once you reply back, hey, thanks, Larry. I will appreciate it. I'll share it and I'll get back to you. I'd say fine. Hey, but I would just be curious. I'm curious to know how open-minded would you be to a conversation after you share this with your team? Would it be worth 20 minutes of your time to peel this back even more?
3: So are you a Phil M. Jones fan?
0: I'm a, I got a so full disclosure. So Phil M. Jones, if you're if you're listening to this, I have a mad man crush on you. Me too. So yes, because I because I because I, I, I tell you what, I and and full, full code, full kudos to Phil because I'm active in the National Speakers Association in LA and I heard him speak. Mm. And I got his book, Exactly What to Say. Yeah, he yeah, phrases yeah. it a little bit different, but you know, I, I think the highest form of flattery is to take what somebody's using and making you your own
3: all the time and, yeah
0: right and and so you're i mean thanks for pointing that out because you're i mean you're spot on with that bryn and i'm a big believer that i don't know it all i love to learn it by all. by the way
3: larry we I mean, use your stuff
0: yeah, yeah. Go, like, go, yeah, go ahead yeah. right it's i don't
3: We give credit, right? We're like, you know, but you did too. Like, here's an an, an author that we, one of the things that we do really well is we absorb the brilliance and genius out there and then translate it into social selling, right? And so Phil M. Jones, I actually have it on audio. I'm an audio person. And I almost never listen to a a book more than once in a, a, and there are chapters because they're like four minutes that I would just listen to over and over and over again to master what he was saying.
0: Yeah, he's, he's so, I mean, he is, I'm dying for him to come on the Selling from the Heart podcast, but that's another story. But, but, here, but here's the point behind where I'm really going with this is whether it's social, whether it's email, whether it's phone, whether it's face-to-face, if you struggle with just genuine, regular conversation,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: you're going to struggle. It doesn't matter what the tool is. It, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. And I think what happens a lot of times is we get caught up. And when I say we, the general public in sales gets caught up with the, uh, the first, this is the first word that comes to my head. So y'all are going to get what you get is the, this, the sexiness behind social. Mm-hmm. And to me, and, and, I, and I'll say it, right, you guys say it in a different way. But I say those people that spray out content and don't engage in conversation are delivering nothing but social graffiti.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I like social graffiti. Yeah, social graffiti. And, and
0: there's a lot of people oh, spraying, nice. right? There's a lot of people spraying the social canvas with a bunch of graffiti. Well, if I want to get noticed, if I'm in sales and I want my ideal clients to notice me, Acting like a fool and an actor and actress online is not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. But if I can speak their language and I can educate them on things that are important to them and I can carry myself in a certain way and I show up every day with consistency and I put myself out there in a way that's completely, totally different than everybody else. I've just risen above all the noise. In fact, people ask me all the time. They go, hey, Larry, how did you get noticed when you were selling copiers in your marketplace? How did you get noticed on social? I go, it's quite easy. I just acted like a professional and carried myself like one and did something completely polar opposite than everybody else on social does. I just engaged and I answered everybody's piece of content yes. and commented back, literally. I don't care how long it takes to go, no, there's no way you don't do that. And I said, yes, I do. The to. fastest way to build an audience is engage and comment on everything they do. No rhyme, nor no reason, no excuse, right? Because mm-hmm. if you can't comment on the stuff that you put out there, then don't put it out there.
3: Yeah. So you know, I I, I absolutely love everything you're saying, and um, that engagement piece is so critical. Um, I am shocked at how many people will put out content and then seven people engage and they're not engaging back. And I, I like have messaged people that have not even been my second degree connection saying, you know, I'm a LinkedIn trainer. Can I give you a piece of advice on this great piece of content that you put out there that lots of people love? <laughs> they are like, well, yeah, I guess so. And I'll, you know, engage back because the next time you share something, if you don't engage back, they're gonna stop engaging.
0: Yeah, no, you're so spot on. And and here's a tip for for everyone who's listening if you want to build a sense of community with your audience, engage. Now, there's a term we've all heard it before, right? Those that are married probably understand this better than most is selective hearing, right? We all have selective hearing. Well, I've noticed when it comes to socials, people have selective engagement, Mm -hmm. they engage with people's content that they feel can get amplified. I don't really care who comments on, well, let me, let me paraphrase that. I do care, but it's a figure of speeches. I don't care who comments on my stuff. I comment back. I'm not selective. You're I am right. not selective in what concerns me. And there's you power. Inf- yes. Yeah. There's power influencers out there. Whatever you want to call these people, right. Is there, they're selective on who they engage with. Here's what would be, I, I would love this, right? I, I would love to see this happen. And I know it'll never happen. Imagine all the likes, all the emojis, all of that can be completely removed off of social mm. and forcing people to truly engage. So
3: comments only.
0: Comments only. Yeah. Talk about conversational competence. I think conversations would rise to the forefront because they would have to. Right. But I I call like likes, claps, hearts. These are all social drive-bys, right? People just drive by. I'm going to give Tillman and I'm going to give. Hey, Brent, I just called you Tillman. How's that? I feel
3: like we are now like really connected.
0: (laughs) I just caught myself doing that. Sorry.
3: That's my my sports name. And so that can certainly come from me.
0: (laughs) But you, you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. is the lazy way out of conversation is to throw up one of these. Mm-hmm. Now, all now you know, all, I, it's okay to disagree and there's and sometimes I'll do it, but not in the very beginning. It's not going to happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one of the things you said, so, so you know, people, and, and Bill kind of mentions too, I post a couple of things on LinkedIn, nobody engages, it's not working. But, you know, we engage, and I, I'm not even 100% sure what the first pieces were. But I know that I would engage on your content; you'd engage back. You'd engage on my content. So you know, and and we came up through the LinkedIn ranks together. I think you know. I mean, I had been in doing it longer, but from the recognition in the world, I think uh, the social world. We kind of ran parallel for for quite a few years. Um, and what what I recognize are the people that really get that that authentic engagement it's because they keep coming back, right? So I'd engage on your stuff, you'd comment. So I knew the next time I saw a Larry thing, I mean, not that it's, but it's just human nature that if I engage, he's gonna engage back, right? So it's more, I'm more inspired to continue to amplify your content because I feel, it's about the connection right if we want to connect with humans one of the things bill and i talk about all the time and i think you're sort of saying some of this is treat people on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table yeah right so good right like and so so if someone if you were sitting on the other side of the table and someone made a comment you wouldn't go right like you you talk to them
2: right you wouldn't ignore them and you wouldn't walk away and i and i'll just say this it, it, as we talk about supporting one another's content, that's, that is very important, but there's another piece of that and that's the content itself. And, mm-hmm. and so one of the things, Larry puts out tremendous content, Bryn puts out tremendous content. Daily
3: dose, Yes,
2: yeah. sign, <laughs> yeah, sign up for the, the Daily the, Dose, you'll, you'll get-
3: call every, us at the end.
2: Every, every, every morning. So, um so listen, we got to wrap this up. We're, we're coming to the end and um, I hope you've got as much as I got. I've got a, a page full of notes here uh, on things, but you know, selective engagement is not the way to go. You know, We want to engage with people. So Larry, can you just tell our listeners, how can they stay in touch with you? How can they contact you, follow you on LinkedIn?
0: Wow, yeah, first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm all over the place on LinkedIn. You go to sellingfromtheheart.net and you can find out everything you want to know about selling from the heart. To Bryn's point about the daily dose, I put out every single day, Monday through Friday, except if there's a holiday, a daily thought. Never has it been repeated. I put daily thought into all of this. It's not recanned. It's not oh, three weeks later, I'll repeat the same message. No, it's something that I thought about during the day. You can go to sellingfromtheheart.net forward slash daily and sign up for it. You can find the book on Amazon and, and Audible and um
3: and i love it because larry actually is talking yeah
0: Yeah.
3: i i love it i hear him in my ear it's awesome
0: okay okay can i can i just tell it do we have time for a quick story this is i'll I'll squeeze it in as real
1: fast
0: because if daryl's watching this he's gonna laugh when he hears this so my book came out uh well before the audio came out and daryl kept pushing me and pushing me hey you got to do the audio you got to do the audio no i'm not going to do the audio right i just And so I remember talking to somebody, this was a while back, and I said, hey, I think I'm just going to get a voiceover to do this. And somebody said, no, don't do it because you already have a podcast. People already know your voice, right? You know where to inflect in your book and so forth. So I said, fine, right? Hook, line, and sinker, but I never really said anything to Daryl, full disclosure. Excuse me. And then Daryl goes, hey, Larry. Here's your deadline. If you don't have the audio of your book done by a certain point in time, guess what? Big surprise because I'm going to hire somebody to do it and you're not going to like it. And so he forced me into doing the audio just like he was the one who hijacked me into writing Selling from the Heart, because he took me across the Midwest and convinced me to write the book. But the uh I'm a I'm a big believer that that selling from the heart came to life when I decided to read the book.
3: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you, you you internalized it even deeper.
0: Yeah, and and what and what was really interesting is, um, I wish I could take the outtakes because the outtakes were are like R-rated outtakes, but nevertheless, is I would start reading it and I would start laughing, because I knew what was coming next.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow!
2: Yeah. So good! So good! Well, so listen, Larry, thank you so much for for being here, for supporting us and for what you have given to the sales professional community at large. We really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with what it takes to make sales social. So for our audience, thanks so much for spending time with us.
1: Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors, bringing you marketing, sales training and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.